Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. And now your host, Kyle Ruff. Yes, sir. All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. I am Kyle Ruff with you yet again. My microphone is about to fall over. Joining me is Jared Morrill. Say hello. What's going on, guys? And joining us via the magic of the internet is friend of the show, our buddy from Chicago, Mr. Pat Truer. Say hello, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to be here, boys. Jared and Kyle, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, Thanks, man. man. It's great to see you again. It's been a while. I haven't seen you since uh, I passed through old Chi-Town. God, that was Yeah, that was cool. That you, I was thinking about that, man, that you, you drove five hours to do uh, an open mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, man, I don't know many people who would do that, but you did, and you did great, man. I still laugh a lot thinking about your story of getting beat up by the native american that you called a pussy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the punchline is it turns out he wasn't one uh, and it was great too he was not a pussy one of my favorite punchlines i heard last year <laughs> <laughs> thanks man it's a yeah. true story unfortunately i have the scars to prove it and it was great too because i have uh, some family who lives around chicago and they got to come out and uh and see the set and everything too so that was a lot of fun man the joke at the oak was a great time yeah, man. Well, we gotta get you. Well, hopefully, you're out. Well, we'll see what happens with all this. But uh, we were picking up some nice momentum. So since you were out, we changed the layout of the room. So we moved the stage to the side of the room, and it created this nice, like almost in the round feeling. And now oh, it feels yeah. like an actual comedy club, nice. like, as opposed to just a back room bar show. Yeah, like it's crazy because it's everyone is within three rows of the stage, and we'll cram like seven. You were in that room. We'll cram seventy people in that room. Wow. we used to be able to nice. and uh, <laughs> and so i'm pumped when we were allowed to get going again because we were really hitting a lot of steam uh, it felt good man so uh it'd be great to have you back out if we're able to do shows whatever yeah. that looks like definitely and i actually um i was really happy not only with how my experience was there but uh, a couple a couple guys from the chicago area after the show approached me and messaged me afterwards and were like hey like what are the chances i could get a mic spot if i come out to steamboat and i said come on out you know so yeah. it was great yeah. great for networking so it's all about man right it's about like just helping people making things or easier for people right it's yeah uh, i think when i started doing this i felt everything was such of a competitive nature and then i realized that it's not it's there's enough for everybody and then we're all in this together and I know exactly. that's a very popular phrase right now, but in comedy <laughs> that and it's true. It's like, just make it easy. It's hard enough, but when you're traveling, so just have connections or, or just something as easy as like just vouching for someone like being a reliable performer, like, yeah, they're good for five minutes. Cool. Yeah. Great. Like it makes it easier for everybody and just makes life a lot better really. So uh, that makes me happy to hear that you had some comics reach out to you afterwards. Man. Yeah, no, it was great. I had a great time, and I'd love to come back. I, uh, I, uh, same way. I was kind of when we when we first started doing this, the idea of like always being in competition with everyone else you see seemed a little bit daunting, you know. But I felt like for the most part, 
um, most comedy circles we've been in, it's been nothing but supportive. Yeah, no, I, I've had actually a, a great time with like other people, and yeah. I I haven't been doing it that long, but I mean, everyone seems super open to have anyone else in, even if even if you're brand new or something. People are just like, yeah, just try it, just do it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of cool, man. It's it's nice having a, a community like that. Yeah, and we met um, uh, Sean Patton was passing through town. And so we hit him up and we're like, hey, you want to come do a podcast with us? And he was like, sure. And he came over and was hanging out. And yeah. now we're like, we're like buddies. And yeah. like, uh, you know, he was he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Seriously, him, or, and, him and his girlfriend, Caitlin, were great. Yeah, both very funny, both super nice people. Um, awesome. So, so yeah, yeah, that's like another connect we've got like now in New York, hopefully. So yeah. like knowing you in Chicago and now we got some friends in Denver. Yeah. Um, it feels good. We got a lot of people who always are, well, we're always talking about setting up things where people can come here, do a weekend skiing and do some comedy with us. And then maybe wait, we go other places, you know? Yeah. I can't wait to do that. It's, you know, for me, cause I'm, you know, if you remember, I'm born and raised in Colorado, right? Yes, I've been sir. in Chicago for five years. And so my plan really before all this happened was to start splitting time between here and Colorado, just because of what I've built here with Joe the which is, a brag it's an outright brag it's become one of the best independent shows in chicago heck yeah man really proud of because i mean it was a ton of work right so you know it started as just an open mic and then became a fundraiser a show where we would actually sell tickets and we would all the 100 percent of the ticket proceeds would go to a different charity and we started getting up to like a thousand to two thousand dollars raised per show so uh, i was super excited about that but Right, I had that, but I want to be home. I don't want to be stuck here. Like Chicago's not that great, <laughs> like especially for me. Like, and it's becoming so evidently clear now with nothing to do. Right, this city is based on drinking and eating, like great mm-hmm. foods, great bars, all that, but it's non-existent right now. And like people are like, "Wow, this place really does suck." Uh, <laughs> Colorado, where there's so much to do. So I'm I'm excited to come back. I'm actually flying back on Friday for the weekend. Uh, my buddy, I got a buddy going through a second divorce. And oh boy! He had to move out of the house, <laughs> so uh, that, that works out pretty sweet for me because then he rented a place, so I get the room in there. So oh, I got nice. cheap rent, and then I, I got my girlfriend here, so I'll just be splitting time back and forth, and with the goal of by 2021, spending like three weeks out of the year at home in Colorado, one week here just for big shows because. Uh, I can't remember if I let you know, but I started a business of putting on shows, mm-hmm. uh, essentially pop-up shows, and then also um, stand-up shows for private events and corporate groups. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I want to start building that in Colorado and Denver, and essentially, kind of, I want to build a couple more shows around the Denver Front Range area. Yeah. Uh, where you know it's just like fun, right? To just go and perform because I know there's a need there. And, Man, I'm so excited. I tell you, the biggest bummer for me of all of this, and this is such a first world position to have <laughs> on what's happening, yeah. but it was actually that I couldn't come out and go to your show at the theater. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, that's a bummer. We uh, we talked about that briefly on the last podcast. We actually just uh, we hit up our our old mutual buddy Mark Masters uh, the other yeah. day to do a podcast. He's he's an extreme isolation. He said he hasn't like talked to a person yeah. in like two months. <laughs> yeah, idiot dude put himself dude put himself in self-isolation not feeling sick at all 
before the shelter in place was hit. And he's like, yeah, I just hit like 14 days. And then the shelter in place took effect. So he had to double down on it. He's oh like, I'm taking God. this so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. He does not. He's in fine shape. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, he's definitely just doing it so he can tell people that he did it. Oh, I did it for 45 days. Self-shelter. You're like, You're an idiot. <laughs> He is. He's like he's a bike racer, so maybe that's his thing. He's gotta he's gotta have a longer distance in quarantine as well as. He just wants to tell people he did it. That's the whole reason. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like me with how many cans of spaghettios I've eaten. <laughs> Twenty six. It's pretty but, good. Yeah, but probably forty eight by tomorrow. <laughs> he's doubling. I mean, down. fifty. Let's go with around fifty. <laughs> Uh, dude, tell me about the old Chief Theater, man, because I was just looking online and like it just looked like an awesome space. And oh, it's great! Like, walk me through what the show would have been like, dude. Let's play fantasy for a minute. We've actually we've got uh, a show, a full show recorded that we did there last summer. It's yep. on it's on our YouTube page, or if you go to steamboatcomedy.com, you can see it. But the Chief is a great venue, man. It's uh, it's got about a hundred and fifty ish seats. Give or take, yeah. Uh, real wide stage, good lighting, um, and we've done. It's actually funny. Uh, I perform more there than anywhere, besides, I guess, like barley open mics. But yeah, you mean like big shows? Yeah, well, not yeah. only big shows, but I got the spots at the super fun shows that I would normally do in the summer. There's oh, like yeah. a variety show they do here, and I usually do five to ten every time they do one of those. Uh, and it's, I love that place, man. It's got a great energy. We, uh, the guy who runs it promotes it well. So we always, yeah. I mean, Big time. we sell out when like some idiot like me is the de facto headliner. So we bring in somebody <laughs> like you who's actually funny. I mean, bring in extra chairs, you know? So, oh, and we I did was... actually, the, the one show we had so many people trying to get in that they brought in extra chairs and we we're putting them around yeah. the side. We had about 175 people in there. Dude, that was one of my best memories of comedy from last year was your show at... Uh, at Butcher uh, Knife? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was so awesome. I had so much fun. And just, you guys did such a great job of putting that on. Such Thanks, a cool man. space. And just everyone was like, everyone was in it. Like, there was no one being distracting. There was, everyone was in, paying attention to the show. Such a cool setup. Yeah. Yeah. That We'd like to go cool. back there. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the one promoter girl who worked there that helped us set up she's not there anymore so we kind of got to reach out again but, i don't think um, it'd be that hard it wouldn't be that hard but yeah i was setting up the back of a brewery with like all the big metal tanks in the background and stuff man it was a lot cool. of fun well, a giant amputator yeah flag but, in the back yeah, with the guy with the yeah, chainsaw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get back on that there was a there was a while where we were desperately trying to get that uh <laughs> brewery to sponsor us all the time and we just do all these shameless plugs and on that show we've got at the Chief Theater, there's a part about halfway through where Miles, I remember Miles, the bigger guy, yeah. he just goes like, man, I'm really thirsty. I can't oh, even talk right man. now. Man, that joke just made me really, really thirsty. Like, oh, oh, I'm pretty parched. Uh, and when I'm pretty parched... I think you need a butcher knife amputator IPA. <laughs> Butcher Knife Amputator IPA. Official beer sponsor of Steamboat Comedy. <laughs> he, just, he just chugs it in front of everybody. Wait, didn't we throw a can at you? That was did so somebody fun, throw, Did you throw a can I mean, at me? Really yeah, was. you did. Just, 
You guys do a great job. It's really impressive to see what you guys are doing. Thanks, man. I remember when I was in the podcast studio, in the Steamboat Comedy Podcast Studio, and I think in the podcast we asked, I asked you, like, well, how many times have you done it? You said something to the effect of, this is our sixth time. (laughs) Uh, Like, sixth show. And you go, no, sixth time. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I looked at Mark and I was like, See, they're doing sellouts and only doing six times. This is unbelievable. Yeah, this, this is incredible. These guys, these guys are doing something right here. <laughs> six times you're getting people selling out a hundred people to come. That's it's, incredible. Yeah, right? it's amazing, man. We've we've got a great community here. They're really into it, and we've got a lot of talented people, and we're all flying by the seat of our pants, man. And it's really? uh. So far, it's going really well, though. Uh, all through the winter, we got it up where we were doing um, open mic once a week, every week, mm-hmm. at yeah. three different venues that we'd rotate through. And then shows on top of that, we had a big one uh, where I invited a guy out from New York, uh, Robbie Bernstein. Shout out to Robbie the Fire. Uh, and he came out. We sold out a big show there. Um, if you go like on our website, you can see there's a picture of the crowd going out from the stage. And oh, it's just great, packed to the gills. We packed out the one music bar that's downtown Schmiggity's. My favorite yeah, Pepsi yeah. there. But yeah, but it was, it's awesome. It's been going really well. We got yeah. to check out um, the jingle. We got a jingle for a podcast. My buddy's yeah. a musician. <laughs> got to have a jingle, man. You got to have gotta a jingle. Got to have the jingle. It'll be at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick, man. Yeah, well, it's great. I mean, like we're doing well, you're doing well. I think that just uh, despite everything that's going on, the state of comedy right now is great, or at least it has been for us. You know. Yeah. Try to keep it going. Yeah, it's you know we gotta just we have to adapt. First, uh, have you done any Zoom shows? Like uh, not like this, but like a comedy show, like stand up show or whatever. No, no, we haven't done one yet. We've watched a few. Yeah. Um, and they've been fun. We're kind of like getting people there. The problem with doing comedy in Steamboat is that I try to put together these shows and I've only got about six or eight people that I'm kind of like, hey, so you want to do this? And if like half of them are like, I don't want to, then we don't have half the comedy community. So I yeah. got all these horses that I'm riding to death left and yeah. right. But um, so we haven't done that, but we have talked about it. Um, we've talked about doing some kind of like, even just like sketches and things. Uh, my girlfriend's here and she's really smart and knows history. So we're going to try to get her hammered and do a drunk history episode. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, we definitely like are forced to think in a new way. Right. Cause the first one that was happening, I was like, I'm not going to do any zoom shows. And then I got, and then I got talked into one and I was like, all right, better than not performing. Yeah. It's a little yeah. awkward. Right. Cause it's the, everyone's on mute and so the signal laughing will go like this they wave their hand so people are listening they wave their hands right their computer screens on mute so you just see all these faces and these hands by their faces rocking back and forth and that that signifies laughter and so i did that and i was like all right i think it's okay and then i started when the shelter in place happened i started doing an instagram live every night called comedians in quarantine having cocktails and i started just talking it's just a conversation over Instagram Live with mm-hmm. comedians here in Chicago. Yeah, I've seen and a couple. After, yeah, it was a blast. Uh, I was I, I got blacked out on the first episode. I'm like, I can't do that every night. <laughs> one or two drinks while I do it. And then I started thinking, like, I could maybe 
expand out and talk to comedians that I haven't, that I've never even met before, but are good comedians. And so I actually just started like looking at the comedians on dry bar. Oh yeah. Uh, dry bar has been posting a lot of the content and it's comedians who are great, very talented comedians, but like aren't like, I wouldn't say superstar level, but it's like, like you can tell they're like just at the cusp. So I started reaching out to them, people I've never met before, mm -hmm. uh, just through Instagram, right? Just sending uh, direct messages on Instagram. And all of a sudden, people were saying, yeah, we, we love to do it. Sounds like fun. And so I started talking mm -hmm. to all these comedians. And then there's a comedian in Denver. His name's Josh Blue. He's one of my favorite of all time. Uh, and he was a guest. So for me, that was awesome because nice. he's like, he is a, he's one of my comedy heroes nice. uh, being a Colorado native and a very successful comedian. And he was on and I might have him on again uh, next week, but it's like all of a sudden, like now I'm getting more people on other comedians that are at higher levels are starting to say, yeah, we'll do this show. Cause I just like post a picture of it. Like, Hey, I had a great time with this comic. And so for me, that's been a lot of fun. And then I realized I can use Instagram live to do shows like, cause I can yeah. bring in multiple people. So I've started to do shows where it's kind of like my own personal comedy show, right? Or it's like this space time with a comedian and there's a bit of interaction, but then people are actively watching and they comment and such while they're watching. And it's been great. Like we've gotten some great feedback. I've done three of them now and I'm doing a fundraiser this Friday uh, at real funny Pat on the old Instagram. And it's for Lakeview Pantry, a food pantry here that's helping out a lot of people with food. And so I've got nice. some comedians from around the nation and from the community here. Just and we, you know, we just say, hey, if you want, uh, donate. You know, the link is in our is in my uh, bio on Instagram. You can donate whatever you think the show is worth. And uh, so it's been fun to just do that. And like essentially, I can just dick around and be me, right? Like it's which yeah. is sounds silly, but on stage, I was just starting to find my voice. I'm able to carry that through of like totally not giving a fuck of what other people like for me, this is me. Like I'm having a great time and I don't give a shit. Like you want to have a good time join it, but if not, I don't care. And I just, I wouldn't anticipate, obviously like none of us anticipate anything, but that I would be doing stuff on Instagram live and a year ago. I was shitting all over Instagram. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now you hopped on the train. Yeah, yeah oh, I am. And, and it's fantastic, right? Instagram, like, it's probably the most widely used thing right now in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's actually, like, found a great tool. It's a great tool for comedy right now, given the state that we can't perform for people in person. Yeah, 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 it works well. It's easy to use. A lot of people have it. We kind of, for our social media, I update our Instagram way more than I update our Facebook page. I think we have a Twitter. <laughs> shit i barely use my twitter yeah shit yeah that's awesome man that's great that's great uh um, dude how has the boat been these past couple of weeks man um surprisingly pretty mellow like i mean yeah. we we had the stay at home order but you could still like go on hikes or you could still go sit by the river or stuff like that yeah there's a lot to do outside so like helpful it, it was kind of weird because you had the stay-at-home order, but it wasn't really that strict. There was a couple guys that got arrested, but <laughs> yeah. aside from that, like, it's not really strict here. No, and I, I mean, there's there's just not that much to do here besides go to bars and stuff, I guess. And a lot of them uh, are actually doing a lot of things to go. So yep. a lot of people are still kind of going out of the places they would go, but they and like supporting it, but they're taking that and they're going home and doing whatnot. Uh, and we're kind of it's it's good 
most of the time, sometimes it's a pain, but we have a house here full of uh, eight people, seven people. Six now. Six, Six now. One moved yesterday. But, so we always got something to do. We set up a, a volleyball court in the backyard and we're messing around and weather's been nice and starting to turn into summer. Yeah. So we're doing yeah. a good job keeping entertained, you know, and there there's rumors that uh, things are going to start opening up a little bit more here soon. Yep. Uh, which is probably good because, I mean, we, compared to other places, uh, I get why they would do those kind of shutdowns when you paint with a broad brush kind of thing but we've only had i think 20 cases or 30 cases nah, total in this it's, county it's 56 total and i think there's only like six active at the moment and there was only two deaths one was over 80 one was over 100 years old yeah so so it's not like it's taken out the youth or anything yeah we've been but, pretty pretty yeah. solid yeah so we're i mean it's pretty safe here you know and people are obviously still going to be freaked out but uh, not a lot of unfit people in steam <laughs> that's true I think I might be like one of the most unfit people. You might be. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not doing too, and you're the healthiest guy in your family. I am. Yeah. Such <laughs> yeah. a great way you can get up on stage. That'd be your immediate self-deprecator. Uh, I'm yeah. the unfit person in yeah. Steamboat. I, I might have to do that. Say, my name is Jared, and I'm the fattest guy in Steamboat. <laughs> I'm 15 pounds overweight. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I'm Midwest skinny, but I'm steamboat fat. Yeah, right. That's legit, though. <laughs> yeah. Dude, tell me about how. So, with running the shows, man, any uh, any fun? Let's say fun, wild, stupid things that you've experienced, man. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We were kind of starting to talk about that before, but we were a little bit uh, too early in the process. Um, we haven't had anything too crazy still no. like not compared to what you were talking about in our last podcast but i mean we've had we've had some some people come up and just completely bomb some like outsiders uh let's see there's that one guy who comes over mics and he's got that weird little chin goatee oh fucking uh what's his name Vito or something it's, he has a different name every it's time a, i don't know he's a weird guy but he'll go up there and he'll, he signs up every time he's got balls and he'll just tell the campiest. He'll tell like campy ski and snowboard jokes. Yeah, what was I can't. He had a few that just made me laugh because they were so painful. It was one about like Yogi Bear and picnicking. God, I no, 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 I've got it recorded. So maybe if I find it, I'll splice it in here. But oh my god, I about died. That poor guy was so awkward. Four minutes ago, looks like a fun gentleman. So. Get it for the debut of Mr. W. Dope. Dope? I'll let you say it. All right, he's got it. Uh oh, I, I, I can't I can't turn off any of my jokes because I don't remember any of them. So, <laughs> no, I got I got a tattoo joke. So uh, the worst tattoo you could get in prison, or tattoos you can get in prison would be a vagina over your mouth and asshole. Because <laughs> it'd be too likely to be penetrated. <laughs> All right, oh, here we go. Here's, here's, a, here's a good one for this guy. All right. So uh, I thought it was important to pack a parachute before I went on an airplane but they wouldn't let me on with a real parachute. So what I did 
was put ecstasy inside of a, of a, of a napkin and then uh, grounded that up, twirled that around, and then just swallowed that. And I parachuted that on my way to the airplane, and I felt great about it. Anything that could have happened. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this is going great. All right. Uh, so I, I saw the movie uh, Powder Horse. Uh, I was just wishing there would be a whole lot more uh, female skiers in it. But, you know. Uh, all right. Um, oh, so I, I went to Grand Junction to, uh, to, to, to go at these uh, uh, tacos from, um, from Taco Party. But I was assuming that there'd be a lot, much more, a lot more women there, and there actually wasn't. So I'm like, what's going on? Is this some sort of sausage party? Uh, uh, so uh, you know how they sell like, nut tacos at, at the store here? I think they need to clarify if they're vegan or not. Cause <laughs> I assume they were, but it's kind of disturbing <laughs> to think if they're not. Like, what kind of nut tacos are they serving? Uh, jeez. All right. Oh, well, there's other type of nut tacos, apparently. Ah, <laughs> uh, sounds like a lot of background noise. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go before I can't find my other jokes. <laughs> I was gonna say whatever happened. That's that's what happened. That's that's what we did. You gotta prepare. Before you preparate. All right. <laughs> hey, give me shot. Hey, this shit ain't easy, man. Give it up. Give it up for W Dub for coming up here and giving me a shot. There's some there's some gems in there. Make it work. All right. So uh, but nothing like nothing at the shows. Not, like, let's go Mike aside, but just any like, issues of the shows or things that, that you've come across where like, people ask you questions like, I don't know. Oh, man. I didn't, I, the venues have all been mostly good. Um, we did have, I'm trying to think. I guess the, the first show we did at the press was weird because everyone showed up. But it was apparently just a bunch of people who hadn't seen each other in a while, is what everyone kept saying. Yeah. And so every, there was just like, we were up on this stage just talking into this, like at this big mass of people who were all yeah. just talking to each other. Yeah, so it was no like, one. Hello. Hello. Oh, and they just, yeah. And it was like, it was like so many people jammed together. Well, it was like a blob. And the volume on the speakers was like way too low when we started. So like the first, like I, I think I went up first and the first three people that went up, you couldn't hear shit. Uh-huh. Right. So, like, on top of all the yelling, the speakers aren't loud enough. Yeah. Oh, great! That's it's the all, best. Something like that. I mean, we got that ironed out, luckily. And then there was uh, the only other one I can think of is that Schmigs when uh that girl was just yelling about cocaine in the front row. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and we know who that girl was. No, no, no. The it was the one next to her. Oh, it was one. Oh well, yeah, that one too. You had a, you had a girl railing lines during the middle of the show. No, she just kept yelling about cocaine. Like she rolled uh, in like right when it started, and it was still kind of like I just got up on stage and was like, "Hey, welcome to the show, everyone!" And she was just like, ah, 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 and like standing up in front of me and like doing this kind of thing. Oh and I was boy! Just like oh, oh boy. boy! How'd you handle it? What'd you do? 
Um, well, I knew who the person was, so I kind of just gave her like a, a wicked death stare, and that took it down a notch or two. Yeah, someone <laughs> someone did. Uh, was that when Corey was here? I uh, that was. No, that was Robbie. Robbie was, was yeah, it was Robbie. Robbie okay. was making fun of him. Yeah, Robbie just immediately was on that shit. I was gonna start ripping into him, but I was actually I was I was so paranoid about time on my set because I was afraid that everyone was gonna go over and we had like a strict out at this place because there's a band after us. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> instead of making fun of him, I opted for an awkward stare. And going back, I would have just completely lit him up. <laughs> yeah you know that's that's just something that you gotta learn when you go through and do the shows right mm-hmm. that was like for, i asked that because i had several times where people did things when i was first starting the show but i had no idea what to do and sometimes i totally just froze up and yeah. it's just like ah, and the next comedian and like ah, i get off stage like fuck why don't i actually like try and work with that right and i had to finally realize like no like i need to stay in the pocket and just like go like work with it like don't pretend like it's not happening I need to address it because for a while I, I kind of got in this little bad habit of not addressing what was going on, but yeah. you have to. And then like, of course the first comedian who got on and acknowledged what was happening, uproarious laughter. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's but, almost like a buildup at that point. Cause they're waiting for somebody to say something, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, yeah, yeah. when you're, when you're the host of the show, you're the voice of the audience and the comedians mm-hmm. in yes. one. So it's like finding that. But yeah. We had uh, this year, at the shows, we had uh, we had a woman who got so – this woman was a professional guest of mine, right? So I'll invite uh, potential customers to the shows to say, hey, come check out a show. You can see what it's all about, which is great for me. It mm-hmm. makes things so much easier. This woman came. She showed up guns blazing. She was hammered when she walked in, and I could tell right away she was a drunk. So, like, normally I'll, I'll say, hey, let me get you a round of drinks or if it's a professional customer – a potential one, you know, the old experience. Hey, let me get you some beverages. We'll have a good time, which usually works. But with her, I was like, I'm not getting this woman anything. <laughs> and so then, like, certainly after she was like during the show, like ah, ah, just yelling like nonsense. Like, couldn't even we couldn't even understand what she was saying. I would go <laughs> over and say, Hey, you know, happy you're here, but can you just be quiet, please? That'd be great. And after the show, she started eating food off of other people's plates. And uh, the manager asked her to stop, <laughs> and she took a swing at the manager. And Whoa! Chew. And <laughs> she's like a 50-year-old woman and, like, not fit at all. Uh, and and it took 18 Chicago police officers to get her out because she started <laughs> flaming around, like, grabbing Jesus. chairs and trying to throw them. And it, I, I, it was crazy. Oh, right? my I was, God. I don't how am I supposed to deal with this? And so now I realize like, I just have to address it. And like, when it's my show, if it's someone's out of control, uh, like I talk to the manager after we're like, okay, we just one warning and then people are done. Mm-hmm. And then like, even wow. just that story, like the following week show, I just said, Hey, this is the system. One warning you're done. And I told that story. I wasn't anticipating that story being funny. I just relayed the story, like how it happened and people loved it. And it made for a great show, and then it helped me a lot as a performer because I realized I can just tell a story. I don't need to punch it up. I can just be me, and that was like that helped me a lot. So, like in a weird way, this woman act being totally ridiculous as a fifty-year-old woman uh, led to me being more comfortable on stage and being like, "All right, this is how we work with things to work with it and go with it and figure it out." And then I just be me on stage. 
crazy, man. I'm just trying to look for positives, Kyle. I know you're a big positive guy. So it's like, <laughs> always try and find the positive in the situation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all experience is good experience. And, uh, and yeah, well, you got a lot of it. What you did, uh, uh, was it 400 mics in a year? Wasn't that what the tally was? I did, uh, yeah, one year I hit 450 mics. Man, oh, shit. that is Or mics slash shows. So, yeah. Uh, the goal was to hit 500 before I left Chicago, but then obviously this I, this hit it when I was at 481. Oh dang! Uh, so that's fine, you know. I was like super great. The, the goal was 500 in a year for yeah. the year for 19. Yeah, there were definitely a few. There were a few nights where I could have gone and I was just lazy. But I'm overall I'm happy because by having that goal of 500, that got me out, and that would be like, all right, I need to go out. I need to do three tonight. I need to go do right. soup. I need to do this. Like, and opposed to being like, I'm just going to watch TV. Like, yeah, I'm going to watch some more TV tomorrow night. And it's so easy, right? It's so easy. Seriously. Well, now you got to start all over. I feel it's like it's like uh, Ace Ventura when he does the slinky down the giant steps and he gets two from the bottom. He goes, oh, can we do it again? So now you got to try it again next year. I get 500. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I got to do it all over in Colorado, man, because I'm not established at all, other than the boat. Maybe. Other than the boat. But You're boat famous. That and the Denver scene, I, I'm starting at zero. I mean, I'm starting at zero in the sense of well, nobody knows who I am, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to repeat what I started here and, you know, create my own shows and create my own opportunities. And then sure. the benefit of 481 mics is that I've got developed a lot of material. Uh, and so I feel good about walking into the scene whenever it opens, whatever it looks like with everything that I've been working on here. And like, cause in Denver, it's brand new to everyone. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to remember sometimes like when you've done a set a hundred times and it's like, yeah, there still are millions of people who have never heard it at all. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a thing we, we all psyched ourselves out a lot. I think at the beginning here, because every show, everyone would be like, oh, well, it's all the same people. It's the same 20 people. So I got to come up with new material every week and try it one time and then do a whole other set and try that one time. And I've I found that because I was doing that for a little bit and I found that I was like, no, like people actually like hearing these jokes. Like they don't actually listen to it. Even if they hear it once a month and they've already heard it, they're not going to be like, heard it. And so a lot of people here weren't getting enough practice because they weren't redoing the same sets. And, uh, yeah, so I've been in every show I've found that I do material I've done before for every one person who's heard it already. There's two people who haven't, you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. um, that's somewhat related. I kind of went off on a little tangent there, but yeah, no, man, that's good. Have you been as a host? Have you ever gone up and be like, you know what? I have no planned material. I'm just going to just come up with whatever on the spot and talk with people. Um, a little bit, uh, for some of the open mics, I'll I'll kind of just more have a loose set and then kind of riff and do a little crowd work. Yeah. But the yeah. crowd work I usually do is a little more in between sets. Whenever usually my thing is, for every person who comes up, uh, I try to listen to their set and then I try to like come up with a joke that goes along with something they were talking about or yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you're pretty good at that too. Like you usually can pick something pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, usually or like they'll someone will talk about like their weird experience, you know, getting crabs, and I'll be like, "Hey, I had crabs too." Or I don't know, but uh, sometimes it's such a stretch, though. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. Sometimes it's so shitty. That's why. <laughs>
Keep it going for Miles Sanchez, everybody. Very funny. I gotta say, his set went pretty well overall. I'm killing it, you guys. Also, I hate to call people out in the crowd, but I know this guy kind of well. Lewis, who he called out over there. This guy. I just figured out who he looked like because he was bugging me. You guys remember at the beginning of Super Troopers when the kid gets pulled over and she's up and he's like, I can't pull over any farther. That's who this guy looks like. Look at him. <laughs> it's great. I love that movie. Say Schnauzberg. Say Schnauzberg. The Schnauzberg. That's, like That's actually the other guy. But still, you get it. for coming out. This is great. Always great turnout. Steamboat, you're so supportive of us. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep it going. Yeah, no, uh, I haven't gone out completely blank, but uh, the crowd work thing is something uh, I want to try to do more of, and it just kind of depends on our venue here. We, yeah. I am pretty excited. We just started going uh, and doing mics at uh, the whiskey company here, and because uh, there's, a, there's a distillery that just opened up, and they have a really cool new space. And I'm hoping if we can kind of get the seating right, that could be a really good intimate little spot to do that kind of crowd work in. Yeah, I do like I do like that spot when there's a decent crowd. Yeah, well, I mean, I like every spot when there's a decent crowd, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's not set, always a decent. Dude, crowd. layout of the room is important. If you can set up a nice intimate show, like you take a small, like like the brewery show, you you set it up just right, but mm. you could take a small space, and if you can create a good setup. It makes a huge difference. I was running a show. I, I assume I'll still be running the show. There's a brewery called Goose Island Brewery here. Oh, yeah. I know Goose Island. Yeah. 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 And uh, we, they have a private room, and I was running a show out of that private room. And the first couple shows went great, uh, and the results of like the attendance being so huge was because they had an actual marketing manager who was like getting the word out about the show, mm -hmm. which was pumped. So anyways, we had it lined up. It's a rectangle room. If you met, we like just had it lined up with tables, uh, just lined up, you know, one table behind the other, like in rows, essentially. So it's like be a row of eight people sitting next to each other, followed by like the table behind them and so forth. Right. Okay. So we get mm -hmm. 60 people. So then one show, we were only going to have like 20 people I knew. And so I changed the setup of the room. So it was just a circle, like a half circle of chairs around uh, the performance area. So and like with the tables, it filled up the space, but it made it more intimate, and that was more enjoyable than having the room full of sixty people. Just because of that setup, created a more intimate environment. People were closer, and it was a blast. And so, like you just you got to get creative with the space. And sometimes, if you have a space like at the Oak, right? We ran a year with the setup that you saw, Kyle, in the back of the room, mm -hmm. and it was another comedian, Tim Cox. He's he said, Pat, what if you did this? What if you moved it to the side here? And we tried it. We tried it for an open mic. The open mic went so well. We had 35 comics out of 37 do amazing at nice. an open wow. mic, which I had never experienced of running open mics every night or uh, every week. Uh, and that was the first time I had. I go, I, I think we got something here just because of the setup in this room. And so we moved forward. But man, if you can create a cool space, it makes a huge difference in the show. And then it's, it's, it is more enjoyable, like with the crowd work as well. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I can see it. You know, so, that's uh, yeah, a different animal. It's like, really, you just got to go and like, I, I, I can say whatever I want and I'm going to have a good time. With it. 
Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I feel like, uh, just even just proximity makes it so much easier to get people on board if they're right there with you. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it makes it easier to kind yeah. of Yeah. And then you're saying like with, uh, regards to like what you say, trying to build a joke, I find it so it's like my strategy is all right. If someone get on, if they had an amazing set, they absolutely crushed it. Mm-hmm. Then only if I have something amazing in a one sentence, it's gotta be a one sentence. Can't be two. Then I'll add it. But if not, my job is to keep the show going. Yeah. Right. Great job. Next comedian. Here we go. If someone had a good set, then if I have something good, not great, good, I have like two to three sentences to work with. If it's a terrible set, then I take like a minute or two, depending on what I have right. to reset. Try to bring the energy back yeah. up. Bring it back or change it up, right? Because like I was saying, you're the voice of the audience as well. So if someone tanked, you're like, oh, that was rough, right? <laughs> yeah. like, because the comedians understand that, you know, if they don't, they don't get it like you got to get up you have to make fun you as a host you have to make fun of the person or like their set and how badly it did or how badly they misread the room or whatever you're not taking a personal shot at the comedian you're just addressing how poorly their material was received right you're addressing the elephant in the room if nothing else yeah Yeah. and then it gets people on board and and then they have a good time and uh, and i realized that when because I had had two shows where comedians bond and I just didn't address it. I just go, and the next comedian. And that, cause I totally chickened out. Right? right. I just totally whipped out. I was like, and the next comedian. And Cause I wasn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was still trying to figure it out. But that's uh, if you just address it, it goes a long way and you can even get the comedian to crack up. Oh, sure. Um, I think yeah. that can kind of take some of, not as it takes some of the pressure out of the room, but it takes some pressure off of them too. just kind of be like, Hey, we're all laughing here, whatever, you know? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you eat yeah. shit. What are you gonna yeah. do? Well, I feel like that almost kind of wipes the the slate clean when you when you do make fun of the comic is because it's like everyone agrees, they're laughing, they're like, "Yeah, you're totally right." All right, what's this next guy got? They're not still thinking <laughs> yeah, about the yeah, other guy just... that just bombed. It's like, okay, let's move on. We got it. Sure. On to the next one. On to the next. And if you're running a lineup, yeah, I mean, if you're producing this show, that's not, it's it's on you to set up and what you know, like what you believe. You know, yeah, like what's gonna happen here? If you have someone you're not entirely sure of, you put them in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, start your show. Start your show with one of your best comics, right? So you're off to a good start. You're up on the host. You're there. Hey, here I am. We're gonna have fun. This is it. Maybe I'm gonna talk to you for a little bit, but I'm not gonna do too much time with generals. And then I'm gonna bring my first comic up. And my first comic is probably the second best comedian in my view on the lineup because I want people to have a lot of fun and I want this to be a good tone. Like I'm starting to be bringing the energy up mm-hmm. and now this is the fir- first comic that you bring up is indicative of kind of how this sh- is setting the tone for the show. You as the host, some people will argue the the host it's entirely on the host. I think the host is an in between. Uh, and so if your host producing, you put your fir- you put your second best comic first, you put your quote unquote weakest comic. You should never put a weak comic on, but you know, like the lowest level sure. in the middle, mm-hmm. and then maybe your third best comic right before the headliner, uh, and then they, you know, just because you're creating a feel as a producer, you got to take everything into account and think, all right, this person's questionable. Like I've seen this person 50% of the time they crush it, other 50% of the time they bomb. I'm gonna put them right in the middle where I know there's two others there's coming padding. up after them yeah. that are gonna do well and get people totally forget about what happened. Yeah, for sure. 
I got one question for you. Uh, when you're hosting, producing these things, how much, how much time do you give yourself as far as just like going through straight material and like, do you do it all up front or do you spread it out? What's your technique for that? Uh, when I started hosting, I would, I had a goal of doing four minutes, four new minutes for every show, but I was only doing one show a month, like actual show. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is like shows, not open mics. Now, um, unless I have something amazing I've been working on, I just say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to chat with the audience for a bit, just for a few minutes. I say five minutes. I'm on stage for the first five minutes, unless it's going really well. Like, unless I find something and I'll just ask, what do you do for work? What's going on? Simple questions. I'll go over it. Uh, if someone says something in the audience and I have a bit already prepared for that, then I might go into it. But I try for never more than five minutes to open uh, on the shows that I put on. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's it. And you know, it's just and I getting up there with no plan because actually, and uh, uh, several comics told me that they're like, just get up there with no plan and see where it goes, uh, and then like make stuff up. Like just talking to people in a direct way creates a lot of fun, or you get a, a name of someone, right? You say like, hey. Uh, Sharon, right? You're taught what's your name? Sharon. Sharon, what's been going on? You find out some information. Then it becomes a game if it's a room of like, what do you think about that, Sharon? Or maybe she said something. It creates this great group feel for the room that people really build off of. It's a part of the experience of everyone's in on this very unique moment and this group energy of this happening. And so I'm like, as the host, I feel like that's my responsibility to pull that information out for the other comedians to then work with. And myself, I can work with it as well. And so that's when I found those shows are the most fun for me to do. Uh, and also they seem to be the most enjoyable for like in terms of the comedians having a good time and then the audience having a blast as well, because nice. it creates, because it's unique to that show. Right. If you can, and so I think my responsibility as a host is to find the unique elements of that moment for that hour and then make the most of it for everyone to have a good time instead of just, Bump, 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 onto the next, onto the next. Right, for sure. That's that's a good way to put it and a good way to frame it is you want to find ways to make each show its own unique experience because yeah. that's what people are going to remember. You know, like I, I actually went to uh, a couple times, I went to Comedy Works in Denver. Uh, you, you probably, I'm sure you've ever been there before. Yeah. Um, great spot. Uh, and they do this thick skin night where it's like half pros and half amateurs. And I always oh, sign up, but I never get yeah. in. Yeah. And uh, oh my God, there's this one night. The guy hosting is a guy named Mike Stanley who's doing really well. And he's really funny. And there's this guy. Oh my God. It's this guy in the front row who was just like hammered and he kept blowing vape smoke up towards the stage. And oh my God, they just. Lit in, and like in between every comic, they were checking in with him. They were checking in with the people around him. Like, what do you think about this guy? And and calling him out by name and stuff. And like, that's that's the most memorable part of that whole show to me because it was so you knew it was just a thing that would happen that night. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that guy's probably well, he's probably if he's smart, never going back there again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It's like, I I feel that as a host, that's your responsibility, and so. Uh, like when I host other people's shows, uh, I just find it like, all right, I'm going to just pull information because if you go into a set and it's a full set, you have like, let's say 10 minutes and they're not on board. You're just 
setting other comedians. You're just making it more difficult for all the other comedians on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And for the show as a whole, you're starting out with a total dud uh, as opposed to making it like a fun participatory environment. Uh, and so when I, when I realized that I was like, yeah, the, the shows took a turn in the right direction, in a better direction. And, and for me as a performer, I, my confidence went way up and it was just, it was a lot more fun for me to also like, then I could just go to a show and like, I don't have to have anything prepared. Like I don't have anything to nerve. I can't get nervous about something that like, am I going to fuck this up because I'm just getting up and talking to people. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I'm cognizant of, not just having a boring conversation, right? If it's a boring conversation, I'll be like, this is a boring conversation. I can see you're a real winner in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Right. And move on to that. And then like people laugh at that. Right. Because it's like, it's one environment where it's encouraged to make fun of people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And if a guy gets mad about it, it just makes it even more fun. Yeah. <laughs> fuck him, right. Yeah. You give him fuck him. Who cares? Right. That is definitely <laughs> something. That's something out. I definitely you know, make fun on. of them and yeah. move on to the next one. Like, don't be a dick face, but, you know, absolutely let it be known that certain things will not fly uh, right. and that other things are encouraged. And I think that's the role of the host. Yeah. Heck yeah. I actually, I listened to, um, it was a, a podcast that Mark Masters sent me because he said that you recommended it to him. It was a guy who runs uh, a mic in Chicago. Uh, comedians you should know. Oh yeah. It could be. That's, that's people say that's the best independent show that's been running. Yeah. For like nine years. Yeah, wow. uh, I listened to a podcast with uh, that guy, and he was talking about uh, the way that he had sets up shows and hosts and things like that. It was really good. So uh, yeah, good you, podcast. John McCombs really... put that together. What's he called? It's like talking about the business shit. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, definitely good information for comedians. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna try and guess it because that'll take me ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what time I had either. It was really good though. So, yeah, I was I always really liked talking to you and other guys who put together shows and and your neck of the woods and try to compare it to what it's like here. Uh, you know, obviously where it's hard to compare Chicago and Steamboat Springs. We don't really have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's like I'm so excited to start coming home. A lot of it was based off the experience I had with you guys and just seeing like, Thanks, man. and you know, Mark, Mark's show in Vail is a success. Yeah. I've heard yeah. it's great. I haven't had a chance to make it down yet. I was, I almost went to one. We got to start doing a little back and forth on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, trying yeah. to just oh, get I tanked hard on that show. After I did your guys show at Steamboat, I, went, I was feeling like so good about myself and everything as a performer. And I was like, yeah, I can riff off the top. And I riffed off the top at Mark's show and I fucking ate shit <laughs> in front of a bunch of my friends too. Like one of my buddies comes up after me. He's like, that guy after you, Pat, real funny. You should tell stories like him. I'm dude. Like, Thanks. Thanks dude. <laughs> fucking you know, awesome. I, I was, I was so proud of myself because uh, I said, wow, like Vail, I love Vail. And I go, one of the few places, Colorado mountain towns, one of the few places in the world, where you can still call another human being a raccoon and it's acceptable. <laughs> you ain't <Right>? lying. <laughs> total silence. Total silence. Oh, no. One person like kind of giggled, and I was like, you know, kunai's. And then I started explaining because it just it, it rocked me that no one laughed. Right. <laughs> I was so, I was like kunai's, you know, from skiing, guys, you know, and nothing, nothing, and then like, yeah, and then like I had twenty minutes. And I lost most people in the first minute. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! With that, with 
that one. But I'm excited to go back because, yeah, man, Colorado is just filled with communities that, that will love comedy and don't have access. I mean, Comedy Works is pretty much the only game in town, really. Yeah, and yeah, there's a, there's like one other comedy club, but it's out in Aurora. I don't, I've, I've never met one person who's gone. And yeah, I'm born in Colorado. We've done yeah, a, a couple I mean, of smaller. Guys got a great show, Steamboat, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to start making creating shows around the Front Range area. And just have live audiences because here in Chicago, yeah, it is. It's a way different ball game, just because it's a concentrated population in the city that has access to so many bars and restaurants and different right. night events they can go to. Yeah, uh, as opposed to Colorado, where it's not right. We're an outdoor culture. Seriously, yeah. very spread out too. You know, yeah, spread out. There's a large influx of people from places like Chicago. Mm -hmm. They're moving to Colorado and they're missing the indoor culture that they are used to. So that's I'm probably the most excited, besides the mountains and skiing, to come yeah. home to just put on some awesome shows and perform for some great audiences. Uh, I just I, I'm super pumped about that. Well, heck yeah. yeah, man! And yeah, we're looking forward to working with you. We'll see. Uh, we'll have to collaborate in the near future and put some things absolutely together. absolutely yeah. man like i said one of my best memories from all last year was your show thanks right? the man. whole really the whole experience coming into the podcast we for the hike that day the podcast the show fantastic first class operation you guys have <laughs> thanks man we yeah. do our best man we we're we're keeping it going as best we can we got a lot of momentum we're riding and just uh having people like you coming out just makes it all that much better you know all right well i guess it's about 45 minutes or so we can wrap it up here okay. thanks again pat we appreciate you got any other parting words or uh things you want to plug yeah sure i guess uh the follow the old follow on instagram real funny pat mm -hmm. and, uh every night i'm doing the every monday through fridays i'm doing the comedians in quarantine having cocktails so I got some great guests coming up the next two weeks. I got every night some bigger name comics that I'm excited in you know, Instagram live. You can watch it while it's happening or it stays up for 24 hours after. So, uh, well, if you ever want to get drunk with a smaller name, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe buddy. Even the next two weeks. Sure. Yeah. Shit. We can do it in person. Maybe you come around. Oh, these that'd be fantastic. Heck yeah. That'd be fantastic. So, uh, yeah, but that, that'd be my only plug of the show. And, uh, man, I just can't wait to get back out there and get up to the boat and hang out with you guys and Hell yeah. some comedy and just have a good time. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. Keep it tuned. Keep checking out steamboatcomedy.com. We got this guy on video. If you uh, just listen to it on audio now on our YouTube channel, um, that's about it. Yeah. And, and you said the uh, the old chief uh, show is on steamboatcomedy.com? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, steamboatcomedy.com has all the podcast links on our YouTube page and some uh, live performances we've had as well. So, yeah, Great. check it out if you're interested. Uh, any new listeners, yeah, the, the first couple episodes was all about how we got started. And we got one on early on after or actually right before our show with uh, Pat and Mark Masters of Butcher Knife. And that was a great podcast, yep. too. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So. Heck yeah. All right. Boys, well, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. And yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. Hell yeah. Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast.